thank you all for being on. Happy Friday, as I said. We're going to move to the to the next slide and really um, delighted to introduce uh, a good friend, Jackie Lannan, who is the Chief People and Culture Officer for Hilton Foods. Jackie, welcome. Thank you very much, Matt. Um, just before we move, move on, I'd love you to share a little bit about your history sure. and a little bit about how you got to be in this role today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, pleasure to do so. So um, I've worked um, in human resources now for, I can't believe I'm saying this, 30 plus years. Never. Um, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't look that old. <laughs> no, it's uh, been 30 plus years and it's been um, an amazing um, career, one that I've had so much enjoyment for um, from. So um in, in the main, I've worked across financial services, and obviously you and I had we a did. bit of time at Aviva, didn't we? Did. Yeah. So um, that financial services experience included um, Aviva in the UK, and then working with JP Morgan Chase, um, an American investment bank, for um, 11 years. I've also had a little bit of a dalliance with retail as well, so that's with Tesco and the cooperative group. And towards this stage of my career, I've worked with manufacturing. And so the previous business was an organisation um, called Rexham, who developed um, and made aluminium cans for the drinks industry. And then there was a move seven years ago into um, Hilton Foods. And I've really enjoyed being able to get experience across all of the different um, aspects of human resources. But I guess if anybody asked me what my sweet spot was, it really is around engagement, um, how we develop people. Uh, yeah, that, that those are really kind of the, the areas that, that I love the most. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. And, and I might actually, um, there's a little bit of a, a, an interesting news article. I'm going to come back to it later to give you some time to think about it, about Aviva, actually, our old company. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, and about this very interesting uh, um, uh, topic that people are wrestling with, which is how do we improve diversity yeah. um, and inclusion? And I'd be really interested later on, we'll, we'll come back to what are your views of, of her? Which, if you remember the story, uh, made it onto the BBC, was around. Um, she wants the the CEO wants to I can't remember Amanda, but she wants to sign off every right, senior uh, male white yeah. uh, hire. I was really intrigued. I was just genuinely curious to go because um, obviously we all know good intentions. We'll give give her good intentions. She's trying to solve a problem, and is that the way to to do it? But we'll we'll come back to that shortly. So thank you for your background. And I really do mean it, everyone, that, you know, um, I work with lots and lots of different clients and across a range of different senior leaders. And I would say, you know, Jackie is absolutely up there as one of the doyens in this industry. So thrilled that she's given a, given your time today to to, to talk about um, some, some things that are going on at Hilton and, and more generally within the people industry. So without further ado, let's, let's move on. And um, I think it would be good for people. So while I know Hilton Foods very well, because we've worked together yeah, now for four or five years. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to everyone who's on about um, Hilton Foods. Sure, so um, <clears throat> Hilton Foods is, is, is an amazing growth story and um, a very little known um, constituent of the um, FTSE 250 because we are a, a B2C um, organization. Mm. So essentially um, what we do is um, we produce um, meal solutions um, around meat, fish, and also vegan and vegetarian. So that goes from you know, um, preparing a steak and packing it right through to creating a, a lasagna ready meal. And uh, we do that in, in many countries across the world. Um, in APAC, 
um, within the UK and Europe, and uh, we've recently scored a deal as well with um, Canada with the mighty Walmart, which, oh. as you can imagine, we're we're very pleased and proud yeah. of um, because we believe that sort of um, heralds an entry into um, a, a new continent um, there. Um, like I said, I joined the business seven years ago. At that time, we were turning over 1.3 billion. Um, so we now sit at, at turning over 3.8 billion now. So a, a huge kind of success story. Well, I hope you've told the CEO and your bonuses. It's about me. And I think what was really interesting joining this this business those seven years ago, um, I was working for one of the founder um, members of the of the organisation. Um, as the chief executive officer and then shortly after that he moved on to be our chair and was replaced by the other founder of the business. So what's kind of interesting is as though we kind of floated a few years ago, there was still that strong founder mentality and passion and entrepreneurialism um, within the organisation, which for somebody who was coming from my CV, which was big, big kind of PLC, fortune organisations, one of the things that I needed to navigate was the huge cultural change you have here compared with, yeah. for example, the Aviva. And I have to say, I've loved every minute of it, and no doubt we'll, we'll get into some of that yeah. as we talk. So as you can see, with you know, big diversity there in terms of um, from a national geographic um, perspective. And for us, um, you know, partnership is really key. And this was something um, that I helped form with our leadership team when I first joined, which was around what, what is our purpose? What is our ethos as a business? And so for us, the partnership piece is, is very important, goes through our DNA, through to how we partner with our customers to deliver great service, great product to them, how we partner with our colleagues to make that happen, not just for our customers, but for them as well. And also how we partner with our suppliers and our joint venture partners. So we also have um, a string to our bow that we've been developing around supply chain management. And we now have um, significant joint ventures with automation manufacturers and consultants and data engineers as well. Um, so which gets you into sometimes people say internally the sexy <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I, uh, th thank you for that. And just for those of you listening, a couple, couple of things. Don't miss what Jackie said there, because if you've got any questions around um, that kind of culture piece of having worked in very corporate um, FTSE 100 companies, having now also spent time in very entrepreneurial, big entrepreneurial companies, I think it's quite fascinating. So and, and if you've got any questions around that, please do put them in the chat. The other thing just to say, I'm sure you noted it, whilst it might not be the most uh, well-known brand, actually, it's a huge global company, pretty big turnover. Uh, and that's actually one of the things that sort of attracted uh, impulse to wanting to work with you is, hey, look, you've got this really fun challenge around you've got you're in Australia and, you know, you're in the Europe, you're, you, you know, you're in the UK. And it's kind of like, OK, let's 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 get into that because that has a different way that sometimes you have to deal with some other things. Oh, totally. And also, um, Matt, we've had the challenge where when I joined, nobody did my job. So yeah. um, nobody really knew what more strategic human resources look like and engagement activity like this. Um, we had some um, great HR people, don't get me wrong, and they existed within each of our factories, but not brought together in terms of what's your overall strategy, what are yeah. you looking to to achieve culturally yeah. with your business. So you guys had to be really patient with me while we were kind of crafting. Definitely, and, and, yeah. You know, how to move this forward. Well, that, that's a great segue into the next, next slide because um, let, let's go back to the beginning and um, 
let's just talk about that first kind of step where we did come on board. And again, just for those of you listening, like whether you're it'd be interesting to know whether you're like this or not. But Jackie, when we when we joined, as you say, really at the beginning, the the engagement wasn't necessarily something that anyone was thinking about, other than uh, we just want people to work really hard and work really well, which is a kind of classic entrepreneurial. As an entrepreneur, I know that just everyone just work really hard and work really well. It's passionate as me. Yes, and why don't you love this company as much as I love this company? Um, but actually, you go, okay, that's quite service level, and not everyone does for those same reasons. So you do have to tap into the psyche of engagement and culture. So talk to us about that beginning bit where there wasn't necessarily the leaders weren't wanting or even had an engagement survey or an engagement strategy. Obviously, the measurement, but there's also the, so what are you going to do about it? So the thing for us was around um, how do you embed this into your overall corporate strategy and, and where, where you want to get to. So we flicked over on the last slide. There was a, a model on the right hand side, which is called our strategic compass. So one of the um, areas that we worked on when I joined <clears throat> was to be really clear about what are our, as I said, what is our purpose, but also yeah. what are our values, our principles, how we want to be from a cultural perspective. Um, and that took some work and um, we did that um, with the executive leadership team mm. and obviously lots of feedback um, mm. internally. Yeah. And then we got to the point of, well, how, how do you measure the success of this? How can you really measure that your culture is operating well? Yeah. Now, obviously, there are loads of tools out there, but for our business, it's important to keep it simple. So the view we developed was to say, well, let's have a look at what kind of engagement survey mm. we can buy into that mm. will be a good measure for us um, and also look at one where we can have some flexibility so with all those different countries and um, we can see um, we did actually have one country who did do a survey um, and it had 70 questions I was like, oh. so you can just imagine by the time you kind of yeah. crunch through all the data getting turning that into action was, was was quite something so we we did have one outlier which was great most um, areas we didn't have anything in place at all um, one of the countries had tried with their own survey monkey. Yeah. Um, was they, exhausted. It, they were exhausted. <laughs> it took them so long to do it that, again, it was about a year before they could do anything with the, with the data that was coming through. Yeah. So essentially it was, you know, we've developed a strategic compass. The strategic compass was there to develop the, corp uh, develop the corporate strategy. Yeah. Okay, when you're delivering a corporate strategy, you need yeah. to show that you've got progress along the way, you're improving, where are you going? Yeah. So the people aspect, we could use the engagement yeah. survey to do that. And I'll, ju I'll just jump in there, that's right, because I think that's really important. Again, everyone listening, I know you know that, but we always start uh, with clients and go, what's the business trying to achieve? Therefore, what's the people strategy? And therefore, what do you need to engagement? Yeah. And, and it sounds really simple, but it's amazing how many people just go to engagement measurement and they're missing this slightly bigger uh, picture. And really, and I, I remember this very, very uh, vividly at the beginning, you said, Matt, you and the team are going to have to help us buy in the exec to this. Um, you know, and I remember you said, look, I'll front it, but we're going to need some some yeah. some support behind because, you know, just measuring for measuring sake is not is not necessarily going to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I remember feedback from your team at the time saying this is this is the longest sales process we've ever been in, <laughs> um, which it was. However, for me, making sure that we'd got every single one of our what we call our local excellence teams at each of our sites brought in was paramount. Because if they didn't buy into impulse, they didn't buy into the approach, then they certainly weren't going to take that data yeah. and trust it yeah. and um, turn it into um, action. Yeah. So the, the, for me, this is not a quick fix. It's the long game you play when yeah. you're looking at achieving cultural change. 
Well, that's, that's another great segue. So let's put the next slide on because we've talked about the beginning. Let's, let's kind of skip to the end for everyone again uh, listening. We, uh, Jackie's very kindly shared um, uh, uh, engagement results, which uh, sometimes clients don't, don't necessarily want to do. Uh, and not just because they're very good and they've gone the right way, but actually to help the conversation we have with you today. So I think there's just a few things I want to point out on the slide, if, if that's OK for everyone, is if you actually look so the response rate, uh, which is the uh, gray, gray line, or the top line, um, if, if you're struggling with the colours, has gone up 20 percentage points. So, um, and, and to be clear, um, the strategy is uh, a once a year, but followed by quite a few deep dives and, if you like, localised surveys, which we kind of we don't have a problem with because partly uh, a company like Hilton is decentralised, so it allows the countries to go and do some of their own localised surveying, which, which can be very powerful. And that for us then deals with this thing of you do need a bit more trend trend data. But just just to make the point, so on, on those survey up to twenty up twenty percentage points uh, over those um, the last last three years. On the positive emotions, for those of you who don't know, impulse one of the things that makes us unique is that we ask people how they feel and why, um, and the, the feelings are actually that they are emotions. A range of twelve from very negative to very positive, and great to see you've gone up twelve percentage points on that. Some, some big gains. And then the engagement index, which is typically three to five questions, as many of you know, um, of what you're measuring that you really want to see impact on, again, has gone up 7% over the last few years. So uh, any thoughts on this first? Because it's the end game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just showed the, the over the last three years, um, but I thought it was, a, it was an important snapshot. And um, I think something that was, was interesting is we don't set any targets internally on positive emotions or the engagement index. What we simply do is we're transparent in sharing the results. So every team will see how they compare. Yeah. And we've developed over time with, with um, the help of um, the Impulse team, what I call my heat map. Mm. And essentially we um, show where we've got the best score mm. against a particular question and then we rag rate every team against that score we don't then go out and say you must achieve this score we share it yeah and that generates some fantastic conversation um yeah th this year for example our colleagues in APAC were coming over for a couple of weeks to Europe for a visit and the first question I got was can we go to Denmark because Denmark have been really getting some great scores and we want to understand what those guys are doing now that was fantastic because actually APAC are right up there for Denmark anyway Yes, but, but yeah, the yeah. fact that they 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 could see sure. another team that was doing um, yeah. really well, and yeah. we've we've had other examples of, of that around the business as well. Yeah. So um, I have had pressure in the past from our board and executive team to put a target, but I have resisted it, and I've got away with resisting <laughs> it because we can see that we are making um, some great progress. Where we do set a target is on our response rate, and that's to support our um, sustainability strategy mm. to make sure that every employee feels that they're getting a voice in our business. Um, and we've got a pretty dispersed you know, workforce. They're, they're working in production. And so we're, we're very proud of that 91. Um, there's no strong arming to do the survey. No North Korean-esque no, approach to, no, to response rates. What, what yeah. we do do, which I guess can be quite attractive if you're doing a cold job with lots of cold water, is we do say to people, you know, there's specific times if you wish yes. to take away from production where you can 
complete survey. Yes, we do provide nice cakes and coffee. Yeah. And um, some of our teams get very excited about this stuff and they'll do draws as well where people can yeah. win an iPad yeah. if they yeah. complete the survey. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was shocked when we had that big uptick from 21 to yeah. 22 yeah. Um, because those techniques was, were being used earlier. Yes. But they seem to really come some, yeah. I, To me, I think how people were starting to see yeah. we're being listened to, yeah. we're being told the results, yeah. and we're contributing to what actions yeah. a bit are being taken. Yeah. And I, so that's it's a nice place to be. I was just going to add, sorry, sorry, Jack, I think that's such a key point that we saw that. We saw a real, um, over the last couple of years, and again, for, the, for those listening, this is what you're looking for, is that the, the exec taking one or two actions and really working them through, and then some localized actions happening as well within the different um, countries and archives. But there's no doubt that does encourage all the evidence is there. You start to see people saying more and more on the question, you know, do I see action? Yes, I, I do. And then you start to see typically a correlative uptick in your response rate. People are going, okay, this is this is worth now sharing and as you say, giving giving our yeah. voice and opinion. Just just a Quick pause, um, just just to remind you all, um, um, having great conversation with Jackie already. We're try just trying to give you the end picture, really, to go look. Look, here's what's been achieved over the last few years, and, and so really, what we're going to get into next is, well, what did you do, Jackie? Because reality is, this doesn't happen by accident. You don't get these kind of increases without actually some strategic and quite intentional work going on. But um, PJ is going to help us out uh, because we'd love to know if there's any questions as we're going through. So please do put them in the chat. I'll read them out to us because we can't see them here. We're, we're in the boardroom, so we just have the, the, the slides and then um, who's, who's on the screen. So um, do, do let us know if you've got any conversations. But Jackie, just while we're waiting to see if anyone's got questions, I'd love you to talk us through just five, five minutes in. So what is it you did to go from doing reasonably well to actually really improving yeah. your results? Well, it, it's all connected, I think. And I've just pulled out a few things. There'll be other activities that, that helped mm. deliver this. Um, First thing and for me was around our people and culture team. And we have made some changes within our team over time. We've, we've evolved the team. Mm -hmm. And in that evolution of where somebody perhaps has decided it's time for them, them to leave, we've absolutely focused on um, making sure people are coming into the team that are, have a high quality and capability, mm -hmm. particularly yeah. around culture and strategy. Now, at the end of the day, we still all have a big operational yep. piece to our job. I have an operational piece to my job, so we need to be great around the admin aspects as yep. well. Yep. But we have focused a lot yep. on ensuring that we've got great people joining the team. So as Matt um, explained earlier, we're quite um, dispersed <laughs> locally. Um, we have a lot of local empowerment. And uh, what we introduced was hey, you know, when you're going to go out and, and recruit that person, I'd love to be involved in the recruitment. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the gentle yeah. touch in terms of making that happen, yeah. uh, where today now um, a recruitment decision won't be made um, from a people and culture um, perspective unless I or one of the senior members of my team um, are involved in it. And that's not Big Brother. It mm. is absolutely how we can add value to your recruitment yeah. decision, not just in deciding who the person is, but helping them settle in through their um, onboarding and looking to see where the development needs might be from a functional perspective. So that team has been amazing. I'm really proud of um, the team that we've got in place who are helping to support here. Yeah, and just to say, I think I saw you do that a lot. And again, for, for those listening, it was about, you know, how do you, how do you up, 
upskill and improve the capability of those supporting line managers and local teams um, so that they have the emotional intelligence, they have the influencing skills, so, so they're thinking strategic and tactical. Yeah. Um, and we've watched that over the years uh, improve significantly, definitely. That's good. And you know what we do now is before these people were basically quite lonely uh, you know, operating within their particular location. Now those teams have walked together on a very regular basis and they learn from each other, be that via sort of big team sessions or coming together at key points during the year. And the toughest one to manage is when we're um, involving our APAC colleagues. So sometimes Europe are in pajamas, and sometimes APAC is in pajamas when we have those calls. Yeah, I think my team love love the uh, either six a.m. or the uh, yeah the, the midnight yeah. calls with Australia. Sorry yeah. About yeah. That. <laughs> um, also, um, Impulse have been great in helping support around um, how we would implement workshops and have toolkits there for managers to devise their own action plans. And that's helped us move a little bit more quickly than just doing that ourselves. Um, so that's been incredibly useful. Um, and again, this is ro not rocket science, but absolutely doing the deep dives with the local teams. So what we do is we say to them, don't wait until you've got the overall results. Yeah. Take your local results and just get on with it. Because what you've got to do locally is yeah. what is really important to, the, to those people within your team, within your business. And um, I love the fact I had a couple of members of the exec team this year saying, well, I can't believe it. I looked on LinkedIn. So, so it was talking about the engagement survey. Was <laughs> nice. I was going, yay, that's really good. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then kind of supporting that with um, the webinars and, and training. Yeah. And that is where we also bring in what is it that another business or team are doing really well that we can learn on um, from that training perspective. And from there, we'll provide um, the, the case study guides um, as well, again, with, with help from Impulse. And again, that's something our board are very interested in. Yeah. So I presented on engagement to our board just this week, and I was able to share with them the stories around uh, the businesses that have that gone through a big change, because we had a couple that needed to sort yeah. of really have some big focus on uh, where they could improve results, um, as well as, again, sharing some of the high spots over teams where they've been consistently good. And I think this is something else that supported our journey because in 2019, the corporate governance code was changed for UK PLC, um, where you must, the board must be as focused on the engagement of yeah. their people as they are on the financial aspect. And what happens is you find when things change um, in respect of PLCs, there's usually a bit of a knock on. Yeah. Um, with other businesses yeah, wanting to look at following that sort of best practice. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you, you for question. that. Yes, so I, I've actually, I've managed it. it's come up on my webinar. Thank you, PJ. Uh, okay. That's really helpful. I, I don't know if you've got sent it to me, but um, so Gemma has, has just had a great question, which I think I think you answered, but it'd be great if you just to pull it out really clearly. So Gemma's asked, really interesting to see the response rates. We have an average of 44% response rates increased by 11% this year. What do you think is the most effective strategy for increasing response rates? It's really getting your most senior leaders within your sites behind this happening. Yeah, great. And um, so them being the champions with their local people and culture teams will really make the difference. Um, and then absolutely showing to the teams that you're listening to them and you're following up on their feedback. So as soon as that information comes back in, yeah. um, feeding it back to the teams, yeah sitting down, asking for their views on, you know, we did this really well. What was it that you felt was really good? So you keep mm -hmm. doing it. And also then looking very quickly at action plans um, from there. And the line managers have to be on board with that. 
Yeah, I, I would say just just to add to that, Gemma, because I agree. And don't underestimate that that's hard work, right? Uh, and I know you all get that, but there's there's the hard yards of influencing, persuading, supporting those those senior managers in those areas or departments in 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 the NHS to in the trust to commit to those things does take quite a lot of a lot of hard work. Actually, when you said the word trust, that really made me think. Um, actually, Matt, the other thing. Um, that we found with some of our workforces when we first started to do this, that they were very suspicious that they might write something um, and it might get ascribed back to them. So we were also yeah. very careful, and I know the board get a bit frustrated sometimes with me. We don't have too many categories that somebody would tick in terms of, I'm, yeah. I'm this age, yeah. um, I'm this ethnicity, yeah. Yeah. et cetera. Segmentation, yeah. Yeah, the segmentation, we're really careful not to not to get too detailed about that. Yeah. And also, we, um, we accept the fact, and it doesn't happen too often, and we know it doesn't have a statistical impact on the feedback, that somebody might feel, feel the survey in a couple of times. Mm. Um, yeah. because we've avoided giving people codes because again they were suspicious and they're much more trusting now yeah that we won't use the data against an individual yeah. if they said something that we might not like to hear yeah just a couple of a couple of things for those who, who don't necessarily understand that and um uh, is that either you do self 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 select segmentation so you as a employee fill out your filling out your you do qr code and you say look i'm from this department or you do the API typically, or the sort of uh, we've got the emails for people, and, and there's no doubt um, that in in the companies who do self-select, there's there's sometimes a little bit of people doing it a couple of times, even though you try and stop them. There's, there's you know there are still one or two ways around. However, what we've always said is it's so statistically insignificant, right. it's not actually impacting the, the main yeah. results. Um, Gemma, just say thank you, thank you for that question. Really encourage the rest of you um, stick with us, uh, stay with us because in about 15 minutes, Jackie's going to be sharing where you need to focus in 2024 and giving you her book or podcast of the year. That'll be about 15 minutes of time. But let, let's move on if that's all right, because what's so interesting about this is you talk about really at the heart, you're putting the local team. And actually, we just wanted to pull out some stats we thought were quite interesting. And again, for those, those um, watching and listening, here's the positive impact of empowering those local teams. So in, in Hilton Food right now, 80% of people believe they are part of a team that works well together. You got 78% who said, I feel I could be myself at work, which is up four percentage points. And you got 69 said, my manager supervisor gives me. So what we're what we're doing here for, for everyone listening is we're trying to paint a picture of Jackie's really focused on that local team and saying, look, let's really empower them, strengthen them, get a sense of connectivity and trust that, that will help grow engagement. Yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and this goes back to the culture, cultural tone we want to set. So, um, like I say, when I joined, I was thinking, don't do stuff that's going to wreck this entrepreneurial culture yeah. um, because you've kind of got the, the, bit of the big corporate thinking um, in your head. So, um, and my chief exec at the time would have killed me if I did anything differently, I think. You know, so it's very clear, yes. Jackie, you know, we need we need to lead first um, from, from the local teams. And he was very clear around yeah. where that's made the difference. So I think, again, that, that reinforcement from your senior leader is um, really important there. And I think we all just know if you're empowered to get your job done, you're going to do the best possible job. If you've got somebody in some nameless office in Huntingdon telling you what to do, yeah, then yeah. you're you're unlikely to see the kind of um, yes, pace changes, and change yeah. 
um, that you want to see. So that's why we really have sort of focused on those local teams. And plus, we've got so many different cultures. Um, very quick story. Um, APAC have done a brilliant um, award scheme that they call Hilton Heroes for people who've lived the values. And they really celebrate individuals. Yeah. You can't put that scheme into Sweden because the, the Swedes sit there and say, no, it's about our team. Yeah, yeah. You can't put it into yeah. the Netherlands because within the Netherlands, it's, you know, one person doesn't put their head above everybody else. You know, again, it's that, it's, it's collective. collective. Yeah. So that local side really, really helps you from, from that perspective. So, you know, there's a, there's a big piece culturally going back to everything has to link. Yes. Which is why we, we do the, um, the, the local empowering. It works for our culture. I, I have a sense that it actually could work for lots of cultures, yeah. actually, when, when you look at businesses with scale. Um, we do feel, and I know everybody on this call probably has the same thing, that the most important relationship at work is typically your relationship yeah. with your manager yeah. and how they support and empower you. So yeah. we've had a big focus on upping our game over managers giving feedback. Yeah. At the more senior levels, that's really um, hit home and worked well. And we're now starting to bleed that through right down to somebody um, who's working in a production role. Mm. But we're not doing, everybody has to have a conversation. Mm. What we're saying is there's a conversation available should you wish to have a conversation and we'd love you to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people just want to come in, they yeah. want to turn the money around and they want to go home. Yeah. Um, also, what we've done, again, going back to connecting your strategy with lots of other things that are going on within the business um, so you can get leverage, is going back to our sustainable um, plan, mm. which is something we visibly promote externally. It's within our company report. We're clear that we want to see people having more what we call work conversations yeah. that include talking about my career and how I'm doing. So I think that's, again, helped that moving up and a very quick thing as well when we go into those work conversations that happen in production and um, they've been designed in a way that makes them very consumable so you're not looking at a horrible objectives form <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all of that kind yes. of stuff yes, you're looking at nice cards that say let's talk about you know how you think you've done over the year and, and all of that kind of thing yeah. so we've really again back to your point around said how you use segmentation kind of thought about that I, I still want that to be 69%. I really want that to be much higher. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. the good news is you're trending upwards. Yeah. So you're six percentage points up, which is statistically significant. Yeah. A uh, uh, leap from, from the last couple of years. So just a couple of things again for all of those listening. Hopefully you, you're enjoying the conversation and you're getting something from it. I think there was a few things for me that really stood out there, which was about um, the, the local team and the local line managers really as the people team, putting your resource and your support around them and actually it leads, it takes us back to a comment you made sort of 20 minutes ago, which is you had to upskill your team yeah. and grow the capability and capacity of your team so that they're not so much doing all admin all the time, which unfortunately HR people teams can get into, but actually are more on the strategic influencing side. So I think that was interesting. There's also a bit of a loving going on. So thank you, Linda. Lovely, lovely to have you with us. So true, she says, uh, uh, um, where she is, we have focused on supporting the line managers of the local teams. So I love hearing this reinforcement that we need to keep going. And I think that's partly what we're hoping is to encourage those of you who are listening now or later that, that, that it, it, you're on the right track. It does take time, but it is worth continuing with. So, so don't give up. So no, let's let's just move on to the, the next slide. Thanks, PJ. And um, I think there's something here that um, 
I, I think it's quite interesting is around sort of that post bit where we go, look, it's action, action, action. And you've been very clear on that. It's about, you know, well done impulse and very nice to work with you with the measurement. And it's about what you do and obviously how we support you with the action post that. So just talk to us about some of what, because also you've got a very disparate and very um, frontline heavy workforce. Uh, and again, for those um, listening in, tell, tell us how, so how do you get them? How do you? I'll, I'll try and sort of build on some of this um, stuff because I know we've, we've um, on a bit talked yeah. through these messages um, already. But the, um, again, what we do is we kind of use processes that are already placed in the organisation to leverage. So um, we have a, a process as a manufacturer of daily review meetings that cascade um, throughout the organisation um, first thing in the morning. So what we do is we leverage those to do a lot of the follow up around yeah. you said um, we did and starting to get their feedback around um, the action plans. And um, yeah, we always put a bit of fun into that. So every now and again, I'll get dragged into a few and then ask me to do a funny dance while we talk about why haven't you increased our pay, Jackie? But yes, we're okay to talk about engagement. So really not have, sort of, yes, having meetings that are specific about it, but also trying to make it part of the daily, you know, review meetings has been really useful because that's part of the, the mm. culture and, and kind of what we do um, would be what I would um, add there. Um, also, we have um, done a lot of work around improving communication. So um, at the same time as we started to move into measuring engagement, mm. one of the things that, you know, you could see was, well, how, how can we reach people who are working yeah. in production? And so um, we, didn't have, we didn't even have an intranet. Still don't have an intranet actually here, but then you go, well, an intranet, has anybody on production going to get hold of an intranet? Yeah. So we devised our own app, um, which um, we call MyHub, and that app contains um, information that people can get, their pay slips through to um, up-to-date news on what's going on, what's mm. happening with the share price, if they're mm. interested, competitions, um, links to complete the survey, for example. Yeah. Um, and that's been great. And I think that's really helped us be able to get the buzz up about things. So um, if I take here in the UK, the guys put the results straight out on the app. And, yeah, there were lots of thumbs up coming yeah. in about them. Yeah. You know, so you're generating that kind of interest. It's the same on, you know, five more days to go until the engagement survey. All of this stuff went on the app yeah. as well as using kind of people channels um, as well. So I think the communications have, have been really helpful. Um, improved learning and development. Uh, we're on a journey there. Um, APAC have been brilliant. Um, they put in place a learning management system a couple of years ago um, with some great curriculum on it and also um, support around how people can then start to um, develop um, better um, if they've gone from school with no kind of qualifications. How can they get accredited qualifications through us? So we're actually going to replicate that APAC journey in UK and Ireland and Europe. But long game, I'm not going to have it in until the end of 2025. Yeah, but, but at least you know it's coming. Yeah. I, just a couple of things coming in as well. And th th thanks, Linda. So people loving, by the way, the daily review meetings at Cascade. Great, great idea. But just to think about uh, personal work phones and using personal phones. What, what's been your experience here? Um, people obviously can't take the phone into production because that's not appropriate from uh, a, a food safety perspective. But yep. they, can, they use their um, work phones on their breaks. They get free Wi-Fi access, which they like. Um, so 
we have a policy obviously around using electronic communications our IT team were absolutely totally involved in, in this to make sure that we didn't have any security issues so um, and okay. people have been absolutely um, up up for that we've yep. not had any issues with anybody no. saying I'm not going to access it unless you give me a phone yep. I mean we're just dealing with a totally new gen generations now everybody has a phone yeah, and I expect to use it, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in that sense, whether the, the BY, you know, the, you know, bring your own device is, I think, more, more and more accepted. Yeah. So just conscious of time, we've got five minutes before we've got to get on wow. to um, the, the questions around 2024, what's that look like? So let's just move on aside. I think we've actually covered this, but I just want to make sure, because this is about response rates and back to sort of um, some, some more. About. Anything just to finish off on the response rate you want to mention? Um, I guess one thing I'd, I'd talk about, we've got target response rates for MDs of each team. So that's sort of might be going, hang on, she says she didn't give um, targets. Yeah, we don't give, give targets on the um, EI and, and the emotions, yeah. but we do get worried if we don't feel that we're getting the right level of response rates come through. So there have been a couple of occasions where we've said to the regional chief execs, you know, you've got a couple of businesses where it's just not good enough. Can we put in place? You know objectives around um, improving this yeah um and obviously we've got the action plans um, reviewed by the um, executive leadership team there as well and uh, the twice yearly board review is great so we actually have um, an engagement champion on the board who's our senior uh, non-executive director angus porter so angus will sit down one-to-one -one with me once a year um, and then actually Alex from Impulse will meet yeah, with Angus as yeah. well and take him through the results with me yeah. there. And I like having Alex involved because it shows there's some independence. So Yeah, it's obviously yeah. external views of And that validation. Mm, no, definitely. So just so we're gonna ask you to do two things. So twelve forty one. So what I want to do is just talk first to everyone listening about some of your focus for twenty twenty four in terms of Hilton, which is the next slide. Yeah. And then once we've sort of done this, I'd love you to go kind of um, you know, we've, we've got a doyen here, as I said. So whilst we've got, we've got Jackie with us, what do you think? What would be your advice to everyone listening about where they need to put their focus? But start, start with yours. Just, just for us, I mean, it's clear we'll, we'll keep the keep that whole cultural piece going of, of focusing on creating the actions and that accountability at all mm. levels. And those actions, quite frankly, will look different mm. within the different areas. Um, on the life cycle surveys, one of the things that people don't like is they don't like being over, over surveyed. And as well as doing the employee engagement survey, we do our quality survey um, on our food standards, which is very important. So what we'll do every now and again is what we call a life cycle survey. So that might be around um, in the UK. We're very focused on a couple of years ago about bringing down um, turnover. So we put in place our... Um, the onboarding and exit surveys. The exit yeah. surveys. And actually... Yeah. Um, Hill surprise, um, it's actually improved yes. in terms of, um, <laughs> of people not leaving, which is um, fantastic. Um, we use them a lot in COVID as well, um, because, um, you know, COVID for us, we had to keep going, which I know a lot of businesses um, did, but it could get quite tiring. So knowing exactly how people felt during that period a little bit more quickly was, was really important. Um, we are going to be looking at our um, employee value um, proposition next year. So I want to make sure that the survey absolutely links into the employee value proposition. So that's kind of looking right forward until 2025. Yeah. We do have an issue in this business about needing to be better about um, especially appreciation of our people. Yeah. We have got a bit of a culture of we can always do better. Mm. And 
I can be just as bad, you know, be sitting there and we've done a great project and I'm going, yeah, 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 right. What can we do better next time? And we've really got to kind of step the gas off of that to recognise when we've done a really good job. And just, just to say on this one, for, again, for everyone listening, unappreciation is actually the, has been the second highest emotion in, in uh, all our client base, uh, hundreds of thousands of employees across the globe. Unappreciation is the second highest emotion of the year. And I, I think generally there's something going on for us all around um, the well-being of our people. I mean, for our business, COVID was huge. It was, mm. you know, because people were absolutely working flat out. Well, weren't they lucky? You know, and obviously mm. I was in a place saying I'm really busy, but I guess I'm lucky. But there's never really been a break mm. since that. So I think there's something around... Um, appreciation not just in terms of I appreciate you for the great job you've done and here's your great mm. reward but it's also around getting into appreciating people's workloads and their need for whatever balance uh, they require as well so that's getting us into looking at shifts people being able to pick the times they do of shifts mm. you know whether they do more intensive shifts outside of um uh, to when the kids are at school as opposed yeah. to when they're on holidays all of that type of thing right through to how you use kind of homeworking for people who are more office-based um, mm. roles so I think that that's a big standout for us yeah. and I do worry about people's bandwidth whether they're yeah. just being too too stretched um, and then for us we will be doing um, a think tank next year on spreading our best practice form so we want to formalize that. that a bit more and we're yeah. going to have them um, we're going to call it a jam and it will be in pajamas because <laughs> it does need, need everybody to kind of get involved in that. But I, I love that. What a great takeaway for some of you if you've never thought of that one of a think internal think tank uh, to help roll up, come up with ideas and then roll them out. Uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great, great thought there, but involve lots of people in the process. So you've been very patient because I've been, I've been um, signposting that 12.45, Jackie would share from her perspective, what do, what do we think um, people teams and HR teams need to be focused on in, in 2024. So what's what's your thoughts on well, that? Well, I think I sort of started to get into it. I think the whole um, wellness, well-being debate is a very important one. Um, we only have to look at the numbers now to see um, if we look at mental um, health challenges yeah. are now overtaking physical health challenges when it comes to people being able to um, come to work. 1.2 million in the UK yeah. say they're depressed or, or down, or there's yeah. another word as well that's used, yeah. stopping them working. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a huge challenge um, for business um, on a few fronts. There's the, the front around leaders recognising it, mm. and when you've got those... Um, different generations in leader roles yeah. as opposed to people in, in doing other roles in the business there can be a misalignment around understanding so for me that it's a big area kind of helping to get leaders appreciation and understanding and there can be a bit of that be strong mentality in our business and mm -hmm. I recognize it elsewhere that we need to kind of bust through um, so we've been doing a couple of things on that area we um, our leadership conference last year I just got up on the stage and just talked about this subject yeah. and people were shocked we haven't talked about this before <laughs> and there was a few thank yous as well so that was part of me sort of trying to set yeah. a tone yeah and um, also we've had um, where we've had visible issues with more senior people with stress we have been incredibly kind um, and uh, yeah because that's the way you should be with people yeah, but I yeah. would say that's kind of a shift from yeah. you know the period of time that 
you know, I've been working in business overall and it's paid off. Well, and just to say, the number one emotion in 2023 has been stress. Yeah. That people have chosen stress with the highest one. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, so that that's kind of um, really quite front of mind um, for me. And um, the other big piece is um, around how you create a more inclusive workplace. Mm-hmm. And um, our workplaces are just not inclusive enough. Um, we've started to do some work um, this year, actually, we engaged um about 20 of our high potential youngest leaders to have a look at what we should do to create more inclusive workplaces. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories we were told were, you know, it's a bit tear jerking. You've got one of your Muslim employees saying, I I, um, I pray in the toilet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of not good enough. So, um, and what I'm liking is that we're starting to have some real grown up discussions around yes. these topics and our sophistication of the business is moving forward to deal with this. And I think if you want to be as attractive as an employer and you want people to feel they can be themselves at work, yeah. these are things that um, you, well, you really need to tackle. Well, let's just stay there because I asked at the, the top of the, the, the webinar, I said, um, talk, talk to us about um, uh, Amanda uh, Blanc, I think it is, mm-hmm. at Aviva. And uh, the story that came out this week around, um, you know, her saying, I will see any senior hire um, uh, has to pass her if they're male and white, I think was the two criteria. What, what, what were yours? And, and we all know what she's trying to solve. Yeah, yeah, no, we do. I was, I was a bit shocked when I saw it last night. I was doing my thumb on my phone and <laughs> saw one of my old colleagues from Aviva yeah. um, would comment on, on it because yeah. I hadn't seen, hadn't seen the Telegraph article during yeah, the day. Yeah and hadn't come up on my feed. I was quite shocked. Mm. Um, I guess I was shocked from a, a couple of perspectives. Um, I know if he was not the size it was when we were working there, no. but it's still a, a sizable organisation. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it was around what processes and trust do you have in the rest of your system? Mm. Um, and also, I kind of sat there thinking, oh, this could sound crazy, there's a lot of white men that need to feed their, feed their families as well as there's a lot of white females who need to, to feed their families. Yeah. So, you know, what, what's going on here? Because at the end of the day, it has to be the right candidate for the job. Mm. But I also recognise that having a culture where you're raising your game mm. around diversity, looking at different types of people coming into the business, is the right thing to do from a societal perspective yes. and also from a business perspective because there's loads of studies that show more diverse yeah. organisations yeah. Uh, make more money. Um, but I was sad, I was sad actually that yeah. the chief exec needed to endorse every hire and I just wondered what any white male might feel who might be thinking about joining Aviva at the moment. Yeah, and I think just just to, to add love, any any thoughts anyone wants to put in chat. But I think a couple of things I thought was I fully agree that there's a conscious bias and no no issues. With, with, well, I, I think there's a lot of evidence on that. And um, therefore, well, I think what I took away she was trying to do is say, look, you know, we've already got a lot of white males, probably over fifty here, who do this. She actually said, you know, phone up their mate and say, yeah, you know, so they miss that sort of un- unconscious bias of them. But but I, then it made me think, well, what makes you? Because I'd rather say, let's put a committee in yeah. that has a good range of, of, of diversity that's, that's stopping that. Because otherwise, then we end up with the female white, the senior person making yeah. the decisions who may have some unconscious bias too. So my preference is always go, great, let's solve this as a community. Let's solve this in a way that um, doesn't feel like sort of uh, the, the, the punishing, but actually it's about together, how do we solve the problem? 
Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with you. There's there's something it feels a bit stick, doesn't it, when the boss has to sign off everything? Yeah. Well, I, I, without going too deep, I'm a believer. What 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 she's using is what would you call? You know, it's um, uh, um, as, as a form of sort of uh, retributive justice, which is about there's a winner, there's a loser. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that. I, I prefer uh, restorative justice, which is about we have a problem. How do we as a community solve this problem? The other thing, actually, it did make me think because I'm a shareholder and I did kind of think, oh, mm. how do I feel about my, my stock? Mm. There you go. Yeah, I think I think there's no doubt people are taking very seriously. How do we um, improve where we are? Um, I think we're still trying to work out. There's actually another story about ASOS who have moved the diversity targets from being year in year out to a ten year. Yeah, they have. Um, yeah. But because actually they were they weren't necessarily solving it. It was taking this is a story, uh, not necessarily my opinion, but it seemed that it was taking too much time off focus. So then profits been going down for two three years. That could be an excuse, by the way. <laughs> but regardless, they've said let's put this as a ten year play, which I think also has merit to go. We're trying to solve it today. And then you overlay York, which if any of you know York is 93% white. So Well, there, there are the big offices in Norwich. In Norwich. <laughs> I'm a North I'm a Norfolk girl. <laughs> you've got you know, I'm smiling, but you go, you've got you got a slight challenge there that you have to acknowledge it's not London, it's not Manchester, it's not Liverpool, it's not Leeds, it's not so, so you've got to sort of take that into account. So interesting story though, because I think we're gonna see a lot more of that over 2024, which is there is a problem. We can all see that, which is we're not diverse enough. We can do better at inclusion, particularly the larger companies, but, but across the, the cost employment spectrum. So how do you solve that problem? And it's also, I mean, in our business, it's like everybody else is probably on the um, on the call. Um, there's a little bit of organisations, the shadows of their leaders. So I know when I walked in, I was the, um, the only female in the senior leadership team, and we had a very sparse female sort of leaders below since then we've, we've kind of turned it around to a certain extent still needs to do better but you just start the conversation it's a bit like the mental health conversation you start you, you show the mirror yeah. you just say is this right yeah. let's begin that conversation yeah. absolutely um, but I think the more we can do it in a sort of uh, restorative let's solve the problem together yeah. as opposed to retributive let's let's have winners and losers and say you're bad you're good I, I think can, can, yeah. can not necessarily help take people with you yeah. that's that's what I'd like to see more of so two minutes left thank you for staying with us hopefully you found that on a slightly controversial topic in terms of you know sometimes people are nervous to talk about it but one thing you do need to do is talk about it because uh, our operating system as humans is communication, and if we stop that and start cancelling it, then we've got a major issue. Um, two, two final things to do. I'd love to know any book or podcast from 23. Oh, goodness, oh, I must admit, oh. I'm really boring. Oh. Um, I just love listening to Radio 4 in the ah. <laughs> I love it. I, so I, you zone li- out. You like to zone I, out. I listen, I listen to that for a couple of hours, and I'll get in my car and put on Virgin. Brilliant. Um, but oh, no. so you're doing both both sides of oh, your yeah, personality. Both sides, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I did. Um, I have got a book I'm ready to read, which is called Revolting Women, um, oh. which I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, and um, that book is talking about um, women um, in middle age um, choosing to exit out of corporate life. Oh. So I'm looking forward to um, reading that. And this year, I've been doing a lot around improving my understanding of transgender issues. And um, so any um, podcasts of that ilk that mm-hmm. I've seen on Spotify mm-hmm. um, or on um, uh, BBC, I've been listening to because I, I, I don't have experience and um, it's been really good just to give me that more of that insight. 
and I did actually ask to spend um, a day at one of our local universities. Um, it was actually Anglia Ruskin, I didn't choose um, Cambridge. And um, it was an amazing day oh. where I got to see oh. what was going on there from a Gen Z perspective. Mm. Um, and, and that was fantastic. So I do I do like to do a bit of experiential. I'm a bit boring on Radio 4. Sorry. Oh, you're giving some great, great uh, topics and, and, and tips on, on that. So look, just as we come into land, I think it's one final slide. You very kindly, and, and, and this is a sales deal I'll, I'll, I'll get, but you very kindly said about um, uh, why, you, why you chose um, Impulse. And, and for those of you listening, uh, thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, one of our colleagues, uh, PJ Lewis, might maybe in touch next week, just see how you found the webinar. We're always trying to improve and tweak, or it'll be in the new year. Might just drop you a line. We will be sending out the slides with permission. Make sure we, we, we've got that from, from Hilton. Um, and this is being recorded. We had a huge sign up actually, but unfortunately, a lot of people saying can't be live, but really want to hear the conversation. So we'll be sending that out to everyone who signed up. But just in, in one minute before we let everyone go, any any thoughts on uh, on impulse? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's um, I, I love that kind of tailored approach, how we can take those questions and, and cut them through. And um, I just love the flexibility um, that I get. I mean, Alex and Charlotte, and I'm sure other members of the team that have been involved with us have, um, have just done a fantastic job. And I mean, um, we we renewed our contract with you and um, I didn't do that lightly. We did a full um, look. You put us through the ringer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We did do a we did do a full look at the market, mm. and um, you know, impulse suit our culture. We like stuff simple. Mm. Uh, we want the data, but we don't want it overplayed. And uh, we want to work with people who want to be partners and listen to us, and we love to listen to them as well. So, hence we renewed our, our thank deal, you, and it's you. a long term one as well, isn't it? It is. It is. No, we're very pleased. So, listen. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I, I hope you'll uh, join me in thanking Jackie. I think you've been fantastic. You've been very open, very willing to to go on to lots of different topics, shared very openly on sort of the journey um, within uh, Hilton. So, just leaves me to say, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a lovely, lovely break when you get there, uh, like Friday, like you, Thursday, like me, whatever it, it, it might be. But really appreciate you joining us on this webinar. We've got some really great stuff coming up uh, next year that we'll be advertising, I'm sure. So hopefully see you again. But thanks so much, everyone. Take care.